is something that has a legacy, right? Which in all in many different cultures, you know, Aristotle wrote about like a period that it being impure in India. You know, we have women who had to sit outside their houses, for mm. example, when they were on their period. And I think it's it's basically it all comes from a lack of information right. and understanding. Like, what is a period, right? A period, quite simply, is just a bodily function, right. which it, it's your the, the lining of your womb shedding because you're not pregnant. And it's actually quite an amazing thing because having your period every month reminds you that, you know, women have this amazing capability to bear children, right? Yep. And it's a bodily function, but, but I think just lack of information about knowing what it is and knowing that it's really natural and normal is, is what leads to the taboo. Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. If you're new to our channel, consider subscribing to it and hit the bell icon so that you never miss an update. Our episodes go live at 1 p.m. and 7 p.m. every day through the week. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I am privileged to welcome a young social entrepreneur, Ira Guha. Ira, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, Ira is the founder and CEO of Asan, which is a mission to eradicate period poverty across the world. She's from Cambridge and she's from the Harvard Kennedy School. So Ira, tell me, after Cambridge and Harvard, why did you decide to become a social entrepreneur? So uh, there was, so Ashutosh, it wasn't deliberate. This was a very organic project that started mm -hmm. uh, just, just through conversations I was having with people. Mm -hmm. um, so while I was living in London and working in consulting, uh, I visited my parents who live in Bangalore um, one Christmas. Mm -hmm. And uh, they had a part-time cook who had missed out a couple of days of work. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, we thought she was ill and she came back to work and I was just chatting to her and I said, you know, what happened? And she, it actually transpired, she wasn't ill. She just had her period. Mm -hmm. And this was back in 2016, 2017, when uh, there was a real push uh, to use these low-cost sanitary pads uh, made from you know plastic and they've got all kinds of toxic chemicals in them and they're really thick you know almost like like diapers and uh, these pads were giving her terrible rashes and a UTI to the extent that she had to miss out on work and at the time I was you know absolutely shocked because I've always been able to you know afford period products um, and do things on my period and then I started doing a little bit of research and I learned that you know this problem that our cook had was pretty much universal in the developing world 50% of women uh, and girls can't afford access to basic period products um, and that's when I started you know uh, researching it and, and looked at the solution of menstrual cups which we then started working on uh, developing at the Harvard Innovation Lab. Fantastic so tell me a little bit about Asan. So Asan, it's, uh, you know, you might be familiar with the word. It's a Hindi word. It means okay. easy or worry-free. Oh, yeah, I got the pronunciation. No, oh, no. That, <laughs> that was the yoga. So, so Asan, Asan is easy. Wonderful. Okay. Exactly. So Asan's mission is to eradicate period poverty across the world. Mm -hmm. um, so our product is a reusable menstrual cup. I've actually got it here to show okay. people who are watching. Yeah. So the Asan Cup was developed at the Harvard Innovation Lab over a two-year period. Um, it's made from medical-grade silicon, mm -hmm. which is the same material uh, that's used in breast implants and stents. Okay. And why it's so special is it's reusable. Mm -hmm. So one Asan Cup can be reused uh, to manage your period over and over for 10 years. So it's that, that means, you know, it's extremely affordable, firstly, because you just need one. 
And it's also extremely sustainable because it completely avoids the landfill waste that's generated every month by uh, pads and tampons. Mm -hmm. um, and the way that Asan works is we operate a one-for-one -one donation scheme. So we sell the cup to anybody, you know, anywhere in the world who can afford it. And then for every cup we sell, we donate one for free to a woman, for example, a domestic worker like the person I spoke about or someone in a rural area who can't afford access to period products. Okay. And, uh, you know, you said it was developed in the Harvard labs. Uh, for our viewers and listeners, tell me what have been some of your challenges and your learnings as you developed something like this? So it's so for me especially so i studied politics and then i was studying uh, public policy i don't have a technical background so this uh so so there were kind of two groups of challenges right one is the on the engineering side which is you know i had to work very closely with we had an engineer from uh the harvard design school who was actually do, you know making the product and we had to test all kinds of silicon materials to find the safest one for example so there were a whole lot of technical challenges and then the other set of challenges which might be more interesting for listeners was that you know this is a period product and this mm -hmm. is an area which is really taboo everywhere in the world whether in boston or in india right so we had a whole host of challenges around uh, getting good customer feedback on the product mm -hmm. so um for example we had you know a pilot group of 20 low-income women in india who and, and this is our fifth iteration of the cup right because we had to we had to make it collect feedback uh, iterate it and improve it each time and when we were collecting feedback even as women talking to women because we are so ingrained that you know periods are shameful and we shouldn't talk about that part of our body it was really really hard to get good uh qualitative feedback is the cup leaking does it hurt to insert it you know how long can you wear it for there was so much information i needed that was really hard to get just because you know it, it, it's not something we talk about openly and and honestly by the end of our pilot i had just roped in so many close friends uh, from across the world to, right. to try the product just because we had that trusted relationship where i knew they would give me good feedback hmm. you know and and uh, it's an interesting thing that you just commented and I've often wondered, was something as natural as a period, why is it considered to be such a taboo amongst everybody? I mean, you know, you must have done some research on this. I mean, it's it's something that really goes back to medieval times. I agree. Uh, that, now, I'm saying that, now, in the modern world, why is it? I think it's just this, I mean, it's, it's, it's something that has a legacy, right? Which in all, in many different cultures, you know, Aristotle wrote about like a period that it being impure in India, you know, we have women who had to sit outside their houses, for mm. example, when they were on their period. And I think it's, it's basically, it all comes from a lack of information right. and understanding. Like what is a period, right? A period quite simply is just a bodily function, right. which it, it's your the, the lining of your womb shedding because you're not pregnant. And it's actually quite an amazing thing because having your period every month reminds you that, you know, women have this amazing capability to bear children, right? Yep. And it's a bodily function, but, but I think just lack of information about knowing what it is and knowing that it's really natural and normal is, is what leads to the taboo. And, uh, you know, based again on your, on your discussion, because, uh, and I'll get, talk to you a little more about this, but you must be talking to a lot of influencers in, in this particular area. Are attitudes beginning to change? I think they absolutely are. Um, and I think this is true, you know, 
interestingly in all sections of society you know you might see influencers on instagram from a high income background talking about periods trying to bust myths but i at the same time what you don't see but which we see in asan working in the field is that there's actually a lot of change and openness happening even in rural areas and i think it's definitely to do with again access to information education social media um but yeah definitely across the spectrum i think that there is a lot more openness uh, in recent years interesting so you mentioned a little while ago that you know that the traditional sanitary pads have a problem of uh, landfill etc uh, tell me what are the other benefits of using asan versus uh, any other form of uh, protection so so the benefits kind of fall into three categories i would say the first and the most important one i think is affordability It, so the Asan cup is a one-time purchase, but it's going to last you ten years, right? It costs around twenty-five dollars, which is um, you know eighteen hundred rupees, mm-hmm. and uh, although that's an upfront cost, that is the same as just three to four months worth of sanitary pads. Now, after month four, you start saving, so it's it's extremely affordable over a ten-year period. That's the the first benefit. The second is exactly what you mentioned about sustainability. Um, every year in India, twelve point five billion uh, non-biodegradable sanitary pads end up in landfill. And again, you know, for someone in a city who has a dustbin, you throw your sanitary pad away, and then you don't really know where it goes, and you don't worry about it. Uh, but for somebody in a rural area who doesn't have access to a developed waste management system, you know, and also couple that with all the shame and the stigma around uh, periods, what happens is you have to collect. your sanitary pad maybe in a plastic bag somewhere you know hide them during your period somewhere in your house you know go go outside your house in the middle of the night maybe in your backyard when nobody's looking and and set fire to it right to burn it and now that's going to to let go of toxic fumes so this waste management and this challenge is really enormous and you know even the downstream effects which we don't know is that a sanitary pad it's got um on the one hand it's got plastic right it's not biodegradable but on the other hand it's soiled because it's it's got you know bodily fluids so it's not recyclable mm-hmm. so what actually happens even in a city is when you throw your sanitary pad away is it has to be physically picked apart by waste pickers oh, that is hugely damaging to their own health and then even you know from a gendered angle often a male waste picker will say well well i'm not going to touch this because it's female waste so even it even the waste because we have to pick it apart end up being women so i think the waste management challenge is is, is just enormous and and the asan cup has a huge benefit to society from that perspective and then finally i would say the third so there's affordability sustainability and then the third bucket which we really try to stress to people is just comfort the asan cup is so much more comfortable than tampons or pads you know it's you can wear it for 12 hours it holds more bit more fluid in it uh three times more fluid than a sanitary pad you can swim in it you can do yoga you can exercise we have triathletes using it you can sleep through the night worry free and you know a quote uh, that really encap i think from one of our users that really encapsulates the how comfortable it is is everything you can do when you're not on your period you can now do on your period using the asan cup that's how comfortable it is incredible so when you know uh, as uh, someone who's a founder who some who's you know working on marketing a new brand or a new product what are some of your challenges in getting the message of asan out to urban women and rural women so the honestly the and we've touched on taboos the main challenge we face and i think it's more than 50% of our work is really just 
uh, breaking stereotypes and biases mm-hmm. all the time. Um, and it's misinformation, you know, it, and, and for example, you know, what we've done at Asan, in addition to, you know, making a product is we've made like such an, we've made amazing content. We've got this user guide, which we designed with gynecologists. It's full of, you know, illustrations. It teaches you about your body. Mm. And the reason we've had, and we've got so much digital content doing the same thing. And the reason for that is even a woman living in a city knows so little about her own anatomy, right? So there's all these misconceptions about, you know, using an insertable period product that we have to break down. We have to explain that it's safe. There's this um, myth, for example, example that that you know using a menstrual cup is going to take away your virginity so there's a lot of kind of information um, that we have to disseminate in a very friendly and accessible way mm-hmm. and then there's also you know even this in this urban rural divide there's so many stereotypes that urban women have about rural women that we have to break down so very often you know we're, we're talking about our donation scheme and and urban women say well, that's not going to work because a rural woman would never use this product. It's insertable. They won't like it. Or, or a rural woman won't, won't know how to clean it. Or, and it's, it's, but then we have to say to them, well, have you spoken to someone in a rural area? You know, they've got really, you know, the majority of women in rural areas wear cloth rags on that period. They're extremely uncomfortable. They can't even walk. They have to, it's very difficult to wash them. So when they're presented with a better solution, of course, they, you know, they're going to be open to trying it. So, so I think it's all about just, breaking the myths and and also you know i think bringing people from different backgrounds together and what's what is so amazing about periods is that they are so universal you know you could be a lawyer in new york you could be a consultant in london you could be you know an agricultural laborer somewhere you could be you know someone like a paper recycler it doesn't matter what your job is or your income status is periods are universal and what we fundamentally believe is all women deserve, all, anyone with a period deserves access to the highest quality period product. Well said, well said. I mean, anyone who's a human and you're addressing the needs of half of humanity. Exactly, absolutely. So this is amazing. So, you know, you also mentioned you know, about uh, your one-for-one donation. Yeah. Uh, tell me how this works and who qualifies. Yeah, so uh, absolutely. So, I mean, I'll tell you a little bit about firstly why we came up with the one for one donation scheme. So when I was, you know, uh, working on this project at Harvard, I very, we very much thought, um, let's just sell this product at cost all over the world in sub-Saharan Africa and India to women who need it. And then when we actually started working in the field, we realized even if we were to sell it at cost, which is just going to be, you know, a couple of dollars, women in, de- in rural areas and developing countries are not going to have that money up front. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you know, our product was uh, so innovative. We had so many women in our user group using other menstrual cups from, you know, the best kind of brands from, you know, the US or Scandinavia who were saying to us, oh my God, we love this product. Can we buy it? Can we buy it for our friends? So we realized that, you know, that, that women in uh, higher income brackets, A, would love to buy this product and B, would love to sponsor it for a woman in need. And that kind of takes the burden of paying for the product off women in in rural areas so that's why we came up with the one-for-one donation scheme the way that it works is that asan has developed very strong partnerships with um women's health ngos working in rural areas and we very much depend on them to you know select the the beneficiaries of the product but also you know train them on how to use it and follow up with them so we've worked 
to create a lot of local language content. So if you're a donation user, wherever you live, you'll get a, a user guide and a really in-depth training video in your local language. Mm -hmm. And then also what we do with the women's health, health NGOs is that we first ask their own health workers to use the cup and give us feedback and that might just be 10 people or 20 people working in the NGO and they use it for three cycles and they come back to us saying oh my god this is amazing like this is this has really changed my life and then because they've had that experience they're now equipped to train the women they work with in villages to then start using it very interesting so one more question for you on Asan and then I move to the next segment uh, what has been the reaction of men for, for this Asan cup so I have to say I've been very pleasantly surprised and it's been uh, very positive. So the, the Asan team itself, you know, it's myself and we have my co-founder for the Indian business, Anuradha, it's a, and, and, and a couple of other people and it's all women. Mm -hmm. But what's super interesting about Asan is that our mentors all happen to be men. And they all, you know, they're, they're also men from an older generation, you know, they're 50 and above, but they have been super supportive and uh yeah, we, we've been lucky to have, you know, we, we had some funding from, a, we got a grant from Cambridge, um, this entrepreneurship panel headed by a man called Stuart Lyons, um, who, uh, you know, has a lot of uh, experience in British industry. And, and he's got no relationship to this topic of period poverty. But I think the presentation just spoke to him. And again, this very universal need uh, kind of strikes a chord with anybody, right? And similarly, you know, we, we're part of an incubator in Bangalore called Include Labs that's headed by um, someone called Narayan Ramachandran, who mm -hmm. used to be the CEO of Morgan Stanley and he in, in India. And he, again, is, you know, an, a man from an older generation, but mm -hmm. we just got talking about the product. And I think it's this, this universal idea that half of humanity faces this issue. And it's also this idea that if you can just fix this small thing, it really leads to economic empowerment that, 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 really clicks with people, you know, women and girls don't have to miss out on school. They don't have to miss out on work. It's just clearly so beneficial. So mm. we've actually have an amazing team of male supporters and mentors and, and they've been super open to it. Fantastic. And have you also attempted to uh, uh, be able to communicate the significant improvement in quality of life, maybe can be converted into economics uh, for Women? So I think um, we've, we've tried to do a lot of it through storytelling. So, mm -hmm. so for example, we have this video, which I shared with you, where I, we just, I saw that and very simple, you know, we have women saying, look, earlier, I could never go to work or mm -hmm. I could never do all of these activities. I used to sit them out and now I can do them. And so, so I think that, and even from a health perspective, you know, uh, the number of days of work you would have to miss because you have UTIs or because you have rashes is enormous. I think as we scale, um, and you know, to hundreds and thousands of more women, we would love to do some kind of quantitative study where we might be able to quantify that. Very interesting. So Ira, I'm now going to move to a few questions for you personally. Uh, you know, for someone who wanted to go into politics and who did so much more in terms of you know, giving back now to the women of the world. What are some of the core values you believe in? So I think that uh, probably the most important one would be gender equality. Mm -hmm. um, and that's obviously that's seen through the work of Asan, but that's also just something I think my parents or my friends probably are very tired of me talk talking about in every single conversation. But, I, but even in the way I live my life, I think gender equality is probably the most important thing because it's, again, I think it's something that's universal and I don't think it's different whether you are from India or whether you are from the US or somewhere else. It's just something that we haven't achieved yet, you know, and at every level of income. So I think gender equality is probably the most important one. And then some another value that I believe in very strongly is um, 
individual freedom and agency. And I think it's very easy, again, for someone from a privileged background, you know, who's well-educated to assume that someone from a rural area uh, doesn't, isn't going to make a good choice for themselves or, or isn't, you know, capable of, of agency. And I think that that's, again, a, a really big myth that we're trying to break because um, I think, you know, and I mean, it's incredible what you learn from women, even who aren't educated, when they're just given information and choice. That I think those are just the most important things. And even with the Asan Cup, we're not trying to force it on anyone. We're just trying to say, look, here's the information about your health. Here's the information about your cost savings. Now you make a decision. And it's amazing how, you know, how everybody has agency and will make a great decision just given the right resources. Fascinating. So let me then ask you a question on gender equality. I mean, I'm a very big believer in it. And I've sat on global boards, part of the United Nations also, where, you know, gender diversity, gender balance was, was been spoken about for the last 15 years. Uh, but in India, we still have a long way to go. Yeah. Absolutely. What is your view on uh, being able to reduce or, or rather not reduce, but hasten up this whole challenge of gender equality because laws exist? It's, you know, it's, it's, it's such a challenging topic. Yeah. Um, and I think, yes, the laws do exist, but we need like huge amount of intervention I think both from the bottom and from the top mm -hmm. um, the top is uh, you know our role models our politicians the people we see in public life representation you know we've got some amazing political leaders for example in India you know chief ministers of states for example but how many women do we have as local members of parliament Correct. you know how many women do we have who we see every day in these positions of power that that's one thing that I think is really important um you know from in terms of visibility mm -hmm. and then from the bottom level I think just education is absolutely the most important thing um you know from from a young age from puberty you know how do we talk about equality how do we talk about things like periods how do we bring young boys into the conversation and essentially just teach people that that both boys and girls have are capable of exactly the same things, Correct. right? Correct. Very interesting. So my next question to you is, uh, you know, you're very young and there's a long life ahead and there's many, yeah. many things uh, that you will do. But from where you stand today, what does success mean to Ida? It is very much tied into eradicating period poverty. You know, that is completely what drives me. And success would be improving people's lives for the better who don't have access to uh, basic resources like period products. And I would say, you know, for me, when I look at eradicating period poverty, success is not building a commercially successful business necessarily, or success is not, you know, I guess, Asan doing well. Success is, um, you know, if we were to learn that actually this business model is not working, but maybe there are, you could do a foundation where there are people who are willing to donate these products for free. Or if you were to learn that this, this model is wrong and there's a different kind of model that's actually better suited to eradicating period poverty, that would be completely fine. Mm -hmm. I'm not tied to the model. I'm just tied to the, to the mission, which is everybody needs to have access, everybody across the world. And that's currently, you know, over a billion people who don't have access need to have access to safe period. Fantastic. Fantastic. I have time for two more questions for you. The next question is that, you know, uh, from my conversation, you're doing some amazing stuff. My question is, who or what inspires you? So it's really, this is, I guess this is coming back to, to a point I've made before, but it really is our donation users. Mm -hmm. You know, it's 
when I get to spend it just one day in the field chatting to women who previously, you know, used drags and then tried our cup and, and, and now their lives have been completely transformed by it. I just learned so much from them. Mm. You know, these are women, we, we've been running a pilot in Kanakapura, uh, in a couple of villages outside Kanakapura, which is in mm. Karnataka. And, you know, you speak to the women there, they've got, they all have, you know, many kids who they cook for every day. Mm. They've got full-time jobs. Uh, they work as health workers. They work as paper recyclers. They've got all of these obligations. Um, and, and they also, you know, you realize they also just, they love having fun. They're just like us, you know, they've got all that, they've got pleasures, they've got holidays they like to go on. And, you know, they're just so amazingly open-minded. You know, when we present them with the choice of the Asan Cup, they, they, you know, they jumped at it. And I think it, yeah, it really is. Our, it's women in rural India who are just doing such amazing work, who are so open-minded, who inspire me. Fantastic. And my last question to you, and this is for many, many people who have listened to everything that you've said. Uh, you're a social entrepreneur and I, when I speak to a lot of millennials I, and the Gen Z's, they want to give back through social entrepreneurship. So my question to you is, what would your advice be to a young individual who wants to uh, start off on a journey as a social entrepreneur? I think it would be to just focus on the problem that you're solving. And that's because as entrepreneurs, you know, we're always told, we're always faced with like targets and we're always told to think about scale. I think people are obsessed with scale. Mm -hmm. So no matter what problem you're solving, people, you know, if you have a VC or a mentor, the first thing they're going to say is, you know, what's the revenue? How many people are you going to impact? How many lives are you going to change? And I think that, that that's so high level. But if you break it down, the most important thing is just to focus on the where maybe you're solving the problem of waste management. Maybe you're solving, a, you know, a uh, diabetes or a health condition just what is that problem and what is your solution and can you solve it for one person can you solve it for one community or one age group can you solve it for one village and can you just focus on that and focus on getting that solution right and if you can change those people's lives on that small scale and perfect that then of course it's going to scale um, but don't get caught up I think with like the numbers and like trying to hit millions before you can just focus on getting the problem solved very well said Ida, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure speaking to you. I've learned an amazing amount of stuff from you, especially about the Asan Cup. And I just wish you lots of success with eradicating period poverty. Yeah, thank it's you. such a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.